welcome back to another week of the Rev MD podcast. I had lots of messages in my inbox last week all around charging like a lawyer and digital coding. And so we're coming back this week to have another episode around that. So as always, please know that the topics we discuss are for educational purposes. It's really all about things that we are able to find online to the public or things that are already currently helping our clients or our own coders have provided some expertise on. If you are wanting specific questions answered, please refer to your billing team or shoot us an email if you are interested in a new billing team. We are a full service medical billing and coding team. We help physicians with a reliable data-driven medical billing service that also provides operational support so that our clients see revenue growth within their own teams. So like I said, last week, we started a discussion around charging like a lawyer and really helping offices think about how to manage patient messages, both from an operational standpoint, which you guys know is my my love, and also from a billing standpoint. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about that billing side, about the coding side, because there were some relatively new codes that came out in 2020 that were developed really because of this digital health growth, right? We're all seeing patient portals become more common. We have patients who really are engaged and are on those portals, sending messages. And obviously we know that there's benefits to this, right? We know that it's a tool that connect patients to their healthcare teams, but we also know that's a lot of work. So we talked a little bit about that last week um, with regards to how you operationalize, how you manage the patient portal messages process. So if you missed that, please go back, pause here, go back and listen to that one. So in 2020, like I said, there were six new CPT codes from CMS for online digital evaluation services or e-visits. And these codes are for patient-initiated digital messages, and that is a key part of this, that then are managed by either a physician or other qualified health professional, um, like our PAs or MPs, or there are some codes in addition that are for non-physician or non-healthcare professionals. Um, which we'll go over as well. So again, those ones, the CPT codes for physicians are going to be that 99421, 99422, and 99423. And we'll go over in detail about those in here in a minute. Now, those three other codes that describe similar interactions for those non-physician or non-med-level healthcare professionals is the 98970 98971, 98972. So again, these are those six codes that help both physicians and other healthcare providers on your team and non-healthcare providers so, like basically reply back to some of those digital health messages. And they call these electronic visits. And there are some very clear recommendations around what needs to be in these. And like I said last week, this is not, you know, hey, I'm setting up an appointment or I'm finishing a refill. There are clear guidelines in terms of these being a true E&M service, um, depending on um, who's providing that level of care. Um, it's important to remember that the digital evaluation and management services are not considered telehealth services. So you're not to add a POS 02 or modifier 95 on these codes. So please re remember that that is a separate service. And, um, you know, we have talked a little bit about telehealth and video calls over the last year or so, but it may be time to do another more in-depth one as things continue to change in that field. Now, CMS does require 
verbal consent for communication-based technology services. So this is a verbal consent that's required actually annually, and you are going to want to document that, of course, right? If it's not documented, it's not done. We all learn that. And so it's not something that you have to consent for service or each provision of the service. It's just something you have to do annually. So let's go over some of these in detail. So for physicians and other qualified healthcare professionals, um, again, those three codes. So the first one is that 99421. So again, that's that online digital evaluation and management service. So this is an E&M service. It has to be for an established patient and can be um, five to 10 minutes is that first code. And that can be cumulative over a seven-day period. So it could be a minute here, two minutes there, all within that seven-day period. Again, that's five to 10 minutes for that first one, which is the 99421. Now, the 99422 is 11 to 20 minutes, and the 99423 is at 21 or more minutes. Again, that is cumulative over seven days. And we'll talk about that seven-day period here in a second. So now these codes are for E&M services that are performed. So something like you would do in a face-to-face evaluation, and it has to be through, obviously, a HIPAA-compliant secure platform. And these have to be patient-initiated communications, and they are going to be able to bill by clinicians who are qualified to bill for independently for E&M services. So this is not an incident-to-billing situation. They may also not be used for work done by clinical staff or for clinicians who do not have true E&M services in their scope of practice. Um, and we'll talk about that with the other non-healthcare professional CPT codes that can be used. So like I said, that seven-day period begins with the physician or that other qualified healthcare professional's initial personal review of the patient-generated inquiry. So that's where the clock kind of starts, right? So, and again, it's that cumulative service time, which includes you know, things like, hey, you reviewed the initial message, you reviewed the patient records or data that's pertinent to the assessment of the patient's problem, or any other personal interaction with clinical staff focused on that specific patient's problem, or any creation of a management plan, or any sort of generation of a prescription or ordering of tests, or follow-up communication with that patient through that online telephone, email, or any other digital communication which does not otherwise represent a separately reported E&M service. So this is important, right? So if you saw a patient in the office, say they came in yesterday and you're following up with them, that's going to be a very different type of um, interaction, right? You can't separately charge for that. That's going to be, so say the patient came in again yesterday, they're now messaging today for that problem that they came and saw you in the office, you can't charge for that separately. So this has to be a new problem. Again, Coding guidelines really state that these are applicable only for established patients. Again, you have to get that verbal consent on an annual basis, and the patient is the one initiating the service, which is through that patient portal. Again, this has to um, you know, be an E&M level type of interaction, and they can't have had an E&M service within the last seven days for that specific problem that they're reaching out to. Now, if the message is about a new problem, these codes, of course, can be built. Now, within that seven-day period of the initiation of the online service, a face-to-face E&M service then subsequently occurs, 
then the time of that online service or decision-making complexity may be used to select the ENM service, but then you can't separately bill for the message. So what I mean by that is, okay, say patient messages and they say, hey, I have urinary tract infection. You guys discuss back and forth, but then you decide, hey, you need to come see me in the office. And they did, and they do come in for either a face to face or some other interaction where you're billing an E and M service. Then you can uh, include that time in that specific E and M services, but you can't then also subsequently bill for the patient message. I hope that makes sense. Um, you also may not uh, have these billed by surgeons, which is doing that global period, which all makes sense. And you, of course, have to be doing all of this through a HIPAA compliant platform, which I've said before. So. Very important to understand kind of some of the nuances around this. Again, like I mentioned last week, this is not for simple things like, hey, I need my appointment. I need to, you know, refill my prescription, those sort of things. That really is not a separate EM service that can be billed, even digitally. The other thing I will state is, you know, operationally, I would really hope that you guys have a triage system in your practice. These messages really should not be coming directly to the physician, if at all possible, having some sort of general inbox, which then can be triaged by someone like a nurse or somebody else um, with a clinical background, obviously, who can help say, okay, these messages can go to the front office. These messages can go to the physician. These messages we need to get, you know, a telehealth visit scheduled because those will still make more than any of these digital messages. So if you can convert these patients to telehealth, of course, if it's clinically appropriate, that will always bill more than a telephone call or a digital message. Now, there are some nuances around telephone versus telehealth billing, which really has to do with the payer that we're looking at, as well as why a telephone visit wasn't able to be billed as a telehealth. You know, was video just not available for the patient? Then that could potentially still qualify for telehealth. All right, I'm getting into the weeds there, but hopefully all of that makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about non-physician healthcare providers. Um, so this is non-qualified healthcare professionals. So not your typical folks that are, you know, your mid-level providers or your physicians. So people like speech language pathologists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, social worker workers, dietitians. There were some additional codes that were created: 99870, 99971, and 98972. And these again are for that similar time frame. So the 9870 is again that five to ten minutes for those qualified non-physician healthcare providers that are providing some level of digital evaluation for those established patients. And again, it's also cumulative for that seven days. Now, CPT codes 98971 are again the 11 to 20 minutes, and the 98972 is at 20 minutes or more. So again, these are both areas of CPT codes that were created a few years ago and are possible. Now, I'm going to caution. I want to caution, you know, the physicians or the CEOs on the on the calls who are listening going, yes, I'm going to go do that. Let's go do that right now. And the reason I caution is because operationally, you have to really have a solid process in your office to be able to manage billing for these and managing answering these, getting, you know, notes. Or you have to have some level of documentation that, you know, what happened in these visits, you know, what was the management, what was the plan, what was the time spent, all of that still has to be documented. So you really want to make sure that, 
you know, you have a really solid process for documentation and dropping CPT codes and ICD-10 codes, because it's all going to still apply. And I think, you know, there are a lot of really creative ways that practices can improve revenue. But the important part is taking a step back and making sure that you're not just rushing over and implementing these without really thinking about the process. And if your front office staff is, you know, maybe one of those areas where you do need to focus and do need to kind of put some processes in place, I think it's really important to list out, okay, what are all of the responsibilities of the front office? Um, Do we have enough staff to do that? Do we have the process written out? Do we have training for all of our staff? Do we have ways to audit or manage the workflow and the tasks that we ask our staff to do? And this is really in any of our departments, right? So I'm a big proponent of making sure that you have a process written from point A to point B, that you have FAQs, meaning talking points for your staff, whether that's a nurse answering a call or a nurse answering a digital message, or your front office answering a digital message, or your front office answering a phone call, you have to have the FAQs that say, hey, if a patient calls asking question XYZ, then how do I answer that? So some examples for digital messages, right? So if you're going to implement this, then it's it's you have to write out the entire process from start A to start B, or <laughs> starting from point A to point B, and being able to say, okay, what are the steps and who's going to be in charge of each of those steps? Another idea that we were working on for another practice is actually a task list that says, okay, here's all the tasks that I'm asking the front office to do. And I'm asking them to do it daily or weekly. And you have almost like a little Excel chart that says, okay, I'm asking them to do eligibility verification and you know this task and that task, and I need them to do it daily or I need them to do it weekly. And having that kind of spelled out where they have a little checklist sitting on their desk that says, okay, did I do this, 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 and this? And we all recognize that time gets crazy and some you know may get missed and that's okay. It's not meant to be you know perfection, right? It's just meant to be something as a way to manage the workflow and the tasks that you're asking people to do. And it's also a good way for your managers to see, okay, we didn't get all of this stuff done today and all of this stuff is really important. So do I have enough staff in my office in order to manage this? I can't tell you how many offices I see where it's just pure chaos in the front office area. And really this comes down to, What are the tasks we're asking people to do? What are the processes and procedures we've laid out? What is the training that we've developed for them? What is the way that we hold them accountable and that we measure that these activities are actually getting done? And that actually all does need to be documented. It needs to be written. It can't just be, hey, we talked about it in a staff meeting today. It really has to be something that is easy and replicable And say you have a new staff member coming on board, they come on board and they've got videos and they've got policies and procedures and you just hand it to them and you go, hey, I want to spend, you know, the first day or two just going over this material, listening to these videos, and then we can implement. And again, the reason I'm saying this is because for processes like digital messages, right, this is just another thing to implement in your office. But if you don't already have good processes in place and you add this on top of whether it's your billing team trying to work with your staff to make sure that the codes are dropped appropriately or your front office staff to triage digital messages. It, it 
more and more is going to get on top of the team and it's just going to kind of fall apart or just not frankly get done at all. And so I caution everybody who's, you know, owners and um, practice, you know, individuals who are really managing the day-to-day operations to take a step back and go, hey, you know, for the month of April, we're going to spend some time. We're going to document the processes that are in our office. We're going to write those down. We're going to make sure there's a policy attached. We're going to make sure that there's training attached. And we're going to create, you know, these spreadsheets or these task lists. So that's done every single day or at once a week or whatever the frequency is. Um, I do have some good examples. I'm, I'm working on a kind of front office staff policy and procedures, like all the different policies and procedures and tasks that, you know, staff are, you know, in charge of, and then how do we manage and check those off from a day-to-day basis? So, you know, I think you guys know I'm a pathologist by background. I love a good policy and procedure. Um, I love a good checklist, Um, all the things, you know, from a regulatory standpoint, because that's where my background is. And how can we apply those rules and those ways that we think about process into our private practices into our outpatient areas. And so I'm going to challenge you guys, if you guys are listening, still listening, obviously, you know, digital messages are important, but I want you to take a step back. Think about April and think about what you can think you can look at from your own current processes and have your managers or have your staff take note of, okay, what are the things that I'm assigned to do? And then really go through these three things, right? It's, do I have a policy for this? Do I have training for this? Can somebody walk in from off the street that's a new employee and pick those things up or know that that's part of their duties? And then last, do you have a checklist for different departments to say, okay, here are the things that have to get done on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, on a month-to-month basis? And do we have a checklist where we're actually signing, you know, for the month of March, I did this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And is somebody reviewing those to go, well, gosh, I actually missed all of the things I was supposed to do today, or I didn't get done 50% of what I thought I needed to do, then that can give you an idea of, do you have the right staff? Do you have the right process? Do you have the right workflow to really think about whether or not that stuff is getting done? And so this can be things, you know, everything, you know, whether that's your MAs, whether that's your front office staff, whether that's your back office billing team, again, all of these things have processes associated with them. So I just, I, you know, want everybody to really think about how processes and workflow and documentation and training impact the success of your practice. So again, hopefully this information helps. Um, got way off on a tangent, digital coding and charging like a lawyer and now some process stuff for you guys to work on. As always, if you guys are looking for a new billing team, please reach out at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com. Please also join our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group called Rev, R-E-V-M-D, at, um, again, on Facebook. So come come join us over there. And as always, it would mean the world to me if you share this podcast with another physician, another staff member, people who can really learn from what we're you know, trying to teach, which is really just operational you know, solutions to things that are going on in private practice, as well as billing and coding tips. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon.